We go together like peas and carrots. The Peas and Carrots Podcast, sharing life from our piece of the vegetable patch. Brian and Kayla Sanders. Welcome to the Peas and Carrots Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Kayla. And a happy day to you. Hello. We went to a baby shower today. We did. One of our co-workers is having a baby soon and... Between two busy seasons, we celebrated oh. her today, so that was fun. I got to have a cupcake. I'm so glad you were excited about that. Um, some of us enjoyed <laughs> ooing and awing over all the little baby things. But yeah. Speaking of food, having to navigate something new. Yeah. <clears throat> You've developed some food allergies, and for the first time ever, I am experiencing seasonal allergies. So never in my life have I sneezed and coughed and snorted as much and as hacked. I have. Yes, I'm sorry. So, so yeah. And we haven't figured out yet what my food allergy is. We haven't. So seriously, that's kind of something I'm watching closely. We're trying to figure out what the actual trigger is. But you broke out in this horrible rash. And on my back. Your back felt like it was on fire, and it was pretty rough looking. So, so we'll. Uh, so that's a fun phase of. I just love getting older. I never <laughs> had anything. I used to be able to eat anything I wanted to. They so. say that your body changes. So oh, yeah. Well, well stay tuned. It's we'll changing. figure it out. So, and then this is our fall fundraising season. It's in Spring, full swing. Yeah. Not fall. Oh, I looked at the word full here and I went, so <laughs> sorry. It's our spring fundraising season. It's been a long the day. The year's y'all. going fast, but not yes. that fast. So. And so with that. We've had lots of dates this week. Yay. I'm loving this. Are so you really? I am. We're in a break between the first part of our fundraising and the second part. And so this week has just been, every night's been date night. And it's been glorious. We get to. We're going to an Italian restaurant. We are. One of our favorites. Yep. So that'll be fun. Get to spend time together. Y'all want to know how old we are now? We actually discussed whether we'll order one thing and split it instead of getting two Two entrees. entrees. Because, you know, we'll talk about that more later. But, you know, it's that point in the day where we're, do we really want a heavy meal? So, Hmm. and then we realized, oh, my word. Uh, today's important because we'll be interviewing Dr. Pryor here in just a moment. Uh, we will, and we are really looking yes. forward to that. So it's going to be great. Very gracious of her to spend some time uh, with us today. She has written so many books and that kind of things, and we both love books. Mm-hmm. So before we go to Dr. Pryor, what are we reading? Well, I just finished a kind of a psychological thriller Shock. called Rock, Paper, Scissors. And if you're like me and you cheat and you go to the back to see if you've kind of figured the story out, this one is for you because you will not be able to figure it out. So it's a good story for those of us who need to be forced to behave. And so I would recommend that. I also just picked up uh, Shauna Nequist's new book. I guess I haven't learned that yet. So I'm starting that this week. And I'm still working my way through slowly, which I'm okay with. Um, I'm reading The Hard Good Mm. by Lisa Whittle. And it is a, for me, it's changing a lot of my thinking. So how about you? What are you reading? Um, 
I am reading a book called Rembrandt is in the Wind by Russ Ramsey. Mm. It is learning to appreciate art through the eyes of faith because I have no appreciation of art. Uh, I, I'm not a fan. of. I mean, I, there's things. I mean, I love this painting that is on the cover. It's of Rembrandt, uh, Rembrandt painted. It's Jesus and the disciples in the boat and the storms blowing them around. And disciples, you can tell, are wigging out. And Jesus is sitting there calm. So, uh, and Ramsey is one of my favorite writers. He writes a lot of the devotionals I read. So I'm enjoying that. I've also started a brand new Lincoln book. What a surprise. I, the, see, it's that kind of sarcasm. That's when the fights. Well, you know, and it's uh, Lincoln and, and uh, it's the story of Abraham Lincoln and Chief Justice uh Taney uh, at that time, and it's the it's a book about Lincoln's war powers. Did he have mm. the, the right to do everything that he did? So there's that. So with that, let's talk with Dr. Pryor. We are very excited to have with us today one of our friends, and this lady towers us with intelligence. Yes. And just... She's incredible. Let me just say that. Dr. Karen Swallow Pryor. Uh, she is research professor of English and Christianity and culture. She's not just professor of one thing, y'all. <laughs> She's professor of three things, English, Christianity, and culture at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. She's authored numerous books. She is host of the popular podcast, Jane and Jesus, and we're going to have her share some about that. She has a monthly column for Religion News Service. Um, Her writing has appeared in numerous places. She is a contributing editor for Comment, a founding member of the Pelican Project, a senior fellow at Trinity Forum. I'm telling you all she's smart. The list goes on. But most importantly, I think she would agree, she and her husband live on a 100-year-old homestead in central Virginia with dogs Ruby and Eva, with chickens and lots of books. And the lots of books and Ruby and Eva is what kind of, Made his kindred spirit. So nothing against your husband. I mean, he's probably a wonderful person. But yes, so we are very excited and grateful for this opportunity to chat with Dr. Pryor today. So welcome, Dr. Pryor. It's good to have you on the Peas and Carrots podcast. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's an honor to be in this, you know, this whimsical show that I've heard so much about. Oh, bless your heart. Uh, We've actually met Dr. Pryor. Mm -hmm. You know, we know her. Uh, she has spoken at some of our team events. And uh, uh, so l- l- let me just start here. She, Dr. Pryor, you love books. Am I correct? You are absolutely right. Okay, let's start there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be so much fun. I felt that. I felt that. Oh, which means I've been wrong. So there's that. Which I Wait, own. wait, could you say that again? No, just kidding. Right. Moving on. All right. <laughs> Books, back to books. Uh, My wife said last night, she says, I'm angry. I said, still, or is this something new? But that's a whole other issue. Oh, very funny. Okay. Um, (laughs) Dr. Pryor, why do you love books? Let's start there. Why do you love to read? Well, I'm not sure if I really have an answer for how it began. I mean, I've been reading. I I just love books reading when I would before I could read when my mother would read to me and my father would read to me and then as soon as I could read myself I always had my nose in a book so it's just become a a lifetime habit um and so 
I think it's something that I was drawn to initially, but because I've made it a lifetime habit, it's just become, you know, deeply embedded in my soul and my mind. Mm. What is Dr. Pryor's favorite all-time book? Oh, you start out with the hard one. That's wow. not hard. And how can someone <laughs> choose one? But yeah. yeah, that is hard. Okay, I'm going to give you four. <laughs> This is a true book. This is like as narrow as I can get it. Um, It is Charlotte Bronte's Jane Eyre, um, Mm. Charles Dickens' Great Expectations, um, Gustave Flaubert's Madame Bovary, and Thomas Hardy's Tess of the D'Urbervilles. And as you were speaking, my wife is like clapping. Why why, 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 why are you clapping, Miss Kayla? Those are just great choices. Really? Yes. They're very old school, and I know many books have been written since them, but they're just then, but they're just the ones that I've, you know, that I fell in love with when I was young, and I've taught them and reread them, and they'll just always be my favorites. I need to say something. I'm shocked Pride and Prejudice didn't show up on the list. That's actually, you know, that is a good point because I do adore Pride and Prejudice. Um, but it, I don't, there's just, I don't know, something about those four books that, that formed me much earlier in my life. It actually took me a while to really get and understand Pride and Prejudice. So I love mm. it. I adore it. But it's just not kind of knit into my soul the way those other ones are. How often do you go back and read those, those top four you gave us? Oh, I would say, let's see, um, it's been a while for Madame Bovary, but the other ones I read fairly, I mean, I'm sorry, I teach fairly frequently, so um, so I'm either rereading them or brushing up on them, you know, um, every couple years or so at least. Um, here's a question. Why is great literature important? Mm. Well... Um, I think reading itself is important. Reading good literature is good for our minds um, just because of the skills that it cultivates and the and uh, the kind of critical thinking that's required. Um, but the story, you know, I, I love all literature. I love drama and poetry and um, all of those things. But I, I really love, you know, good literary fiction the best. And I think it just it helps us to. Um, see the world through different eyes and to understand different perspectives. We don't have to like change our, you know, our opinions or our worldview when we read books by people who think differently than than we do, but it can expand our understanding and, and help us to experience things that we might not otherwise experience. And it's really just like having a conversation with someone who, you know, has a different point of view from us, but it also, it does it in a really subtle way because it, it uses language. Um, it's different from watching a film. It's different from hearing a conversation because words on the page are symbols and they require us to interpret them and to um, think critically about them and to form images in our minds of what the, the pictures they're expressing or words they're communicating. So it's a really complicated kind of activity that we as human beings can do that other creatures can't do is to read. Hmm. So two, two thoughts. I know that this probably is hard for you to comprehend as well, but what would you say to someone who says to you, I just don't like to read? Hmm. Well, you know, I, I am not the kind of person who thinks that everyone has to be the same. Um, so, you know, I actually, you know, I, 
I know a lot of people who aren't readers. I, I, I think they're missing out, but I think a lot Sure. of people think they, they think, yeah, they think I miss out because I don't like sports ball. But, um, so I think it's just a matter of, of why that is. I think a lot of people don't like to read because they have, um, false expectations about, For example, how easy or hard it should be. Um, they go too fast. They think that they can't get it or it's, you know, it's it's boring. But I think that if people understood that that reading good literature is an immersive experience and it requires us to slow down and read, read slowly. We don't do very many things slowly and to just let our minds kind of absorb these things. that it actually is easier than we think that it is. I think we just try to do it too fast and get too much out of it um, because that's the kind of world that we live in. So I like to encourage people like pick up a work of literature that interests you. And even if you find it hard because the language is just thick or dense or descriptive, like read a little bit at a time because you're actually working a different area of your brain um, than you are most of the day. And so if you read a little bit of a time and it takes you, you know, a few months or a year to read a good book, you still have had that experience of reading a great work of literature. And it's not a race. It's just a formative practice that can can help us to use our brains differently and to see the world with different eyes. I saw you tweet one day that you didn't understand people who counted the number of books they read each year. Jay, we know someone who might Okay, do I that. didn't want to bring that up. <laughs> And so, well. so, so uh, <clears throat> uh, help me understand. But admittedly, you have become less driven by that. I think it's something because of COVID. Like I haven't, hmm. it's like, now I haven't had COVID, but I've been, we've been, I mean, we're just now like going back to restaurants and reengaging. You know, we're we're we're, mm. we're something happened to the brain during that eighteen months to mm. two years. Is that you know? But you're yeah. reading differently, and I think that's good. But what's that mean? Well, I don't think you're reading to conquer. Mm. I think you're reading to actually. Well, I enjoy what I to read. the point that was made. You're reading to absorb information or to grow your knowledge base, which I think is good. Okay, so. Mm. Uh, so, Dr. Pryor, why don't you count the number of books you read each year? <laughs> well, you know, I, I'll admit that part of that statement comes from just my personality and my lifestyle. I mean, I'm very unorganized in what I read, I, and because I'm always researching to write, you know, I have a I have literal piles of books around me, and some of the books are ones where I'm just kind of. looking for certain things and looking at a chapter other ones i'm reading all the way through and other ones i'm returning to um and so it would be impossible for me to count the books that i read because i'm doing so much research all the time um and i'm just not a numbers person but there's a the more philosophical point is that is what what kayla was just saying we we sh you know we should read just to be formed and not just informed but actually formed by the kind of reading that we do um and it's better to read one good book over a period of months than to read you know 10 books in a week i think um it's quality not not quantity but i will also say i, I got some pushback on that tweet 
And some I didn't people, say I didn't respond to that <laughs> wasn't tweet. You, okay. I didn't respond to that tweet. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I could hear some of the people responding that saying that, you know, it just helps if they have a goal, then it helps them press toward it and keep on it. And I thought, okay, that that's fine. If that mm. helps, I just don't think it's, it should be like a race. Um, mm. And I guess I'm not a goal oriented person too. And so I I'm really, just the you're the professor of Chris of, of English Christianity and culture, and you've written 18,000 books. No, I'm not a goal or I don't set goals. I, I just um, really, no, That's I just live, I live my life, see where it takes me. And I have, you know, I have things, I guess I have things that I want to do. Um, but it's not really like I decide I'm going to write a book and, but I don't think about, I don't think about the thing after that. <laughs> so uh, before we go to the next big question, here's a smaller one, real books or an e-reader. Oh, I don't use e-readers, and I don't. Again, I don't want to get all of no, the. No, that's you know, fine. The, I, about, I love real um, books too. I, I I love the real book. Again, I guess I it's just what I grew up with. But I I have to have a pen in my hand. I want to turn the page. I want to remember where it is in the space. And I think because I have to spend so much time on a laptop and on a phone, mm. um, doing other things, emails, social media, um that I don't want to read a book that way. And I, no disrespect to those who, who do read that way. But for me, it's just, it's really not workable. Same, same. Oh, we're old school. Okay. I can't handle but, an e-reader. But hang on. Did you hear what she said? I saw your Did reaction, you? a pen in hand. That means yes. that Dr. Pryor marks in her books. Oh, and that's yeah. okay. But. It's her book. But in, <laughs> but in Miss Kayla's books, they're in the better. I occasionally jot notes. Here's the thing. I'm not a fan of underlining. So this is my quirk. I don't like to underline things in books, mainly because the line's not straight. Your Bible's not underlined. (laughs) Uh, Well, I use a highlighter, so that's a whole other topic. Well, you can highlighters are fine too. But I just I yeah. But I'm definitely not. I was gifted an e-reader, and I think I made Mm. it two days. I just Mm. couldn't handle it. I like the smell, the feel, the look of a book. So, Dr. Pryor, how do stories enrich our lives and why do we need them? Well, we tell ourselves stories every day. We don't, you know, mm. you don't have to be a writer or a reader to be immersed in stories every day. I mean, when you get home at the end of the day and um, you tell your loved ones, you know, how your day went, you tell them a story about, you know, an encounter you had or a car problem you had. Um, So we tell, we tell our lives and stories all the time. Even setting goals is a kind of story where we say, wow, by the end of this year, I'd like to have read X number of books. That's a story Um, because it's kind of telling a series of events in linear time. Uh, so we are just storied creatures. We understand our our lives through stories. Even even when we say something like to ourselves, like, "Oh, I really like that person," or "I really enjoyed that movie," that's kind of a story because we it's something that we tell. We've interpreted our experience, and we're retelling our interpretation of that experience. And so books just do that in a larger way. Good stories do that in a bigger way. And I think that's how one of the ways that they can actually help us to tell better stories about ourselves and our lives because they give us um, more vocabulary and more vision and more imagination with which to interpret what's going on in our lives. I loved talking with Dr. Pryor. Wow. 
that that was just awesome. So I, I don't want to just leave it there. I want to talk about, so we talked about why literature is important, why stories are important. Mm. That moved me. Yes. When she shared, <clears throat> it was such a, a powerful point to me when she said, we tell our lives in stories, even in our goals and our, our interpretations of our experience. We tell our lives in stories. Uh, and I'm not a big fiction guy. I'm not, I'm not a bit, I have an appreciation for it because of her books and things and things that I've read. But I do see the need for it. I do see the need to go to, to escape this world and go to a place that's different that'll help me think differently, that'll help me see things differently. See, I still think, I hold to my word, that you should pick up some historical fiction. It's I not think true. It doesn't matter. I think it would help you to kind of nudge your way into the world of fiction. See, I think it blurs the line between rea- between what's true and what's not true. Oh, here we go. Anyway, that was that was a very good point that she made. What was something else that you picked up on? Well, uh, well, today you heard the first half of the interview. And today we talked about why great literature is important and how do these stories enrich our lives and why are they needed. And that needed was a word that really impacted me. We need these stories because life is hard. We need stories to help us move forward. We need to be reminded that we're not the only people who've lived this life. And these stories can give us hope. They can give us perspective. They can give us uh, the ability to, to keep going. So, And we need to slow down our brains. Yes. And she talked about that, and that was very powerful to think about. We're always rushing from this thing to the next thing. And she helped us to see that through reading, we can slow down and let our brains absorb the information that's before us it's not a race it's something that we can glean information from but we can also grow our imagination gain gain knowledge and we can go at our own pace there are no rules for reading Mm. just enjoy it so yeah it was really good to chat with her and i want to encourage you to please go support her you can find her books on amazon uh, so let me just say that uh, I really loved her book on reading well, uh, finding the good life through great books. I, I would tell you to start there. You'll, mm-hmm. you'll love it. Uh, I also loved her book, Cultural Engagement, A Crash Course in Contemporary Issues. Then she's also reissued a lot of these classics that have guides in them for reading and reflecting. And she just released two brand new ones. She did, The Scarlet uh-huh. Letter and Tess of the Durbervilles. And you can find them at lifeway.com or amazon.com. And we would really encourage you. She takes these and she puts a reading and reflecting guide with them. And I am so excited to dive into the Scarlet Letter and read through that with her notes. And yeah, when when we say that she is brilliant, you will enjoy reading what she has done with these books. 
And I will say this. I read uh, she reissued Frankenstein with a greeting God. And in uh, next week's segment, you'll hear us discuss that. Mm-hmm. I have a whole new appreciation for Frankenstein. It's something like the movies. You'll hear us talk about that. I would even tell you to pick up that that copy. It was yes. It's wonderful. So, hey, uh, we hope that uh, that you enjoyed Dr. Pryor as much as we have. She's incredible. We find her brilliant. So, uh, hey, thanks for listening. And you can search Peas and Carrots Podcast wherever you get your podcast, or visit uh, our website at peasandcarrots.com. When you do, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Peas and Carrots Podcast. I'm off to get a cup of tea and read a book. Yay! For more about the Peas and Carrots podcast and to reach out to Brian and Kayla, visit peasandcarrotspodcast.com. Looking for another encouraging podcast? Quirks, Bumps, and Bruises with Melody, Candy, and Gabe explores the real experiences of life through humor and honesty, weighing in together on how every quirk, bump, and bruise of life that we encounter can all relate back to the grace, love, and forgiveness of God. Search Quirks, Bumps, and Bruises wherever you get your podcasts today.